My name is Erica Jordan Thomas, and I should say Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas because um, I uh, graduated in May with my doctorate, and um, I'm still getting used to the new title, y'all. And so uh, I am owner of EJT Consulting LLC and Get Launch Consulting, and I launched my consulting business. It will be four years ago in October. And so um, I launched it at the time when I was still a principal and I was in a season of transition. And so I launched my business um, to help me kind of figure out my next chapter, expand my impact, uh, generate more financial resources. And it was the most beautiful decision that I ever made for myself. I didn't know exactly what I was getting into when I did that because I launched my business. I didn't have a, a blueprint. I, I was just kind of figuring my way out <laughs> through everything. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a logo. So if someone tells you you need either of those to get started, um, they're not telling the truth. Uh, and so I just went for it. And it's been the most beautiful ride, beautiful journey. Where I am now in my business is I have a six-figure uh, business and I'm full-time. So um, I'm full-time in my business. So people are like, can consulting um, ever replace your, your salary? Is it, will it generate enough revenue for you to be able to do it full-time? The answer is yes. Um, and so I'm excited to, to jump in for uh, JT Office Hours. So Office Hours with Dr. JT. And I am back. <laughs> and so if you've been with me for a while, you know that this is something that uh, I did um, every other week uh, in my my private Facebook group. And what that would look like is every other Thursday, I would release a set of questions that folks submitted. The group would vote on those questions. And the questions, the top three questions with the most votes, I would go live the following Thursday and answer. So um, I took June and July off in my business because uh, your girl was tired. Uh, she needed some, some intentional rest and recharge. Rest is a revolutionary act. Um, and so I decided to, to rest. Um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful chapter of rest and still finding ways to, to embed that into my daily and weekly practice. Um, but I'm back online and I've decided to live nomadically for the next few months and traveling safely, but to different places just as a way, an act of self-care and self-love for myself. So um, I'm excited to be back with JT Office Hours, which is going to happen every other week, Thursday at four o'clock. And so if you are not in my private Facebook group, I'm sharing this for my folks on Instagram because I'm also streaming live on Instagram right now. If you're not in my private Facebook group, if you click the link on my bio, um, that will, will show you an option to be able to join the Facebook group. We would love to have you and you'll have the opportunity to be able to submit questions as well as vote on the questions you want me to go live and answer. So we're going live today with Office Hours with Dr. JT. And the three questions that received the most votes this week are the following. So question number one is how do I acquire new leads? 
which uh, this is an exciting question because I feel like it's one of the top questions I always get. It's like, how do I find leads? How do I find clients? And so I'll, I'll get into that question. The second question is, how do I justify the price of my services? That's a juicy one too. So I'll, I'll answer that one. And then lastly, how do I get over the fear of just starting my business? So those are the three questions I'm going to be discussing tonight. If you are with me as I shared, go ahead and let me know you're here. Say, hey, let me know where you're logging in from. Hey, Siobhan. Hey, my girlfriend. Uh, excited you're here. Um, but let me know you're here if you're joining us live. If you're watching the replay of this, just drop a hashtag replay into the comments um, so that way that we can build community together. All right. So if you see me looking over or down, I'm either looking at my notes or I'm looking, I'm on streaming live on IG. I'm also streaming live on Facebook. So if you see me looking over, it's either for tech reasons or to look at my notes. All right. So um, I'm excited. Oh, this is dope. Folks logging in from Memphis, logging in from South Haven, Mississippi. Hey, y'all. Uh, excited you're here with me. And as like, we go through and I answer the questions, if that prompts um, uh, additional questions from you, or, or if you just want to drop an amen into the chat, that's cool too. And so we're going to make this extremely interactive. If you have follow-up questions, drop those into the chat. I'll, I'll answer follow-up questions. They just have to be follow-up questions related to our three questions. Um, and uh, we're, we'll make this super conversational tonight. All right. So question number one is how do I acquire new leads? So really popular question that I get asked often. And so let's actually define the word acquire. And what does that mean from a business standpoint? And so in your business, when you say acquire new leads, then this is where you're really thinking about what is the client journey that your potential target audience would be going on uh, with you? So when we say the word acquire new leads, then another way to think about this is what is the first step that your potential client or your target audience, what is their first step in that journey with you? So in other words, how would they be finding out about you? So that's the first piece to this question of when we're talking about acquiring leads, another way to rephrase this question, which will help us lead us to the answer, is what is the first step in a potential client's journey and getting to know you? So when we talk about the first step, the first step is always going to be some type of, of they have to see you. <laughs> and so when I say see you, meaning, you have to have intentional opportunities that you have constructed to build awareness around you and your business, um, which is usually the first, the first opportunity for a client to become a new lead is they have to be aware of you. So you have to construct these experiences to get visible. So when I say get visible, I mean, you got to take up space. So I will share this because as I've, I've worked with tons of educators and supporting them and helping them launch their own consulting business, 
one of the most frequent mindsets that come up is that people are scared to take up space and get visible. So I'm just naming that for you now in case that mindset comes up for you. I'm naming that for you so that way you have the awareness that this is a mindset that will keep you from money. And it is a mindset that you are going to have to manage because if you hide People will not know about your business. You will not be able to acquire new leads. You will not make money. So I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that with you now and speaking very frank and direct with you because you cannot make money in your business if you do not get visible and show up, period. So this is the, the place for you to think about what is what is getting visible, visible what is what does taking up space look like for you? And there's multiple different ways to take up space to get visible, right? So you most certainly should be considerate around like what makes the most sense for you and your business of, you know, given your strengths, you know, what, what makes sense for how you want to get visible. So I'm going to share with you a couple of ways that you could get visible, you could take up space because again, in order to, to acquire new leads, you are going to have, that means your client has to have some level of awareness about you, which means that you have to be visible in order for them to be aware of who you are and who your business is. So I'm going to share with you just a couple of, of ways for you to get visible for you be it, for you to build awareness in your business. These are not the only ways. These are just a few that I'm sharing. And so feel free to, to react in the chat um, uh, in terms of how these are sitting with you um, as I'm sharing them. And so, um, hey, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. So glad you're here. All right. So the first potential way that you might decide to show up, take up space and get visible is conferences. So conferences are a really great way to build awareness around who you are, to be visible in your business, um, because you'd be getting in front of, of a new audience. And so um, this is where you can, you know, if this is something that's of interest to you, then you want to do some research around what are some of the upcoming conferences that are accepting proposals and you want to start submitting proposals. And so conferences are a great way to get visible, particularly Typically with conferences, um, folks are coming from many different places, um, particularly if it's a virtual conference, you have the opportunity to be able to build awareness and expand your reach across different states, maybe even potential different countries. And so that's the first way that you could, could first type of strategy you can leverage in your business to, to get visible, build awareness, to acquire new leads as conferences. The second one is social media. And so you could be leveraging social media as a way to build awareness and getting visible in your business. Social media is free, so you don't have to pay for it. This is usually, there's, there's a low bar for entry for social media, right? Like you don't have to submit a proposal. <laughs> like you, there, there aren't like steps you have to go through for social media. You just need to do it and you need to show up. And when I'm saying social media, Posting is one strategy. Another strategy, which I know is going to make some people nervous, is going live. And so whether you choose Facebook or whether you choose IG, 
going live is a way that you can leverage the platform to to build awareness, to create um, more more awareness around you and your business. And so um, I know going live makes a lot of people nervous. I'm going live right now. I'm not sweating. The first time I was sweating, I was like real nervous. But I've gone live now so many times that like it just feels like like I'm just doing another thing. <laughs> but um, I promise you the first step is the hardest step. And then once you do it, it's like it will feel you'll realize it's not that bad. Um, but I share going live that makes so many people nervous. But I also encourage you to think that most people won't spend money with someone who they've never seen or heard. Spending money is an act of trust. If someone is going to spend money with you, it, particularly when we're talking about money with a comma, they need to see you and hear you. <laughs> Most people don't write a checks to people that they've never seen or heard. So lives are just such a, a, a no cost way for people to see you, hear your voice, like, like check out your swag, your tone. It builds trust so quickly when you go live. So I know that is is that can be really scary for many people, but I just share that with you um, because most of the times the things that make us scared have the highest reward. So just just naming that as. Um, something for you to consider is to not close yourself off from the opportunities of going live. Um, I, I, someone had put in the, the chat, going live scares me, but I'm going to challenge myself to make it happen. Yes, ma'am. Yes, doctor. Yes, you should. And we're going to support you. I'm going to cheer you on. You absolutely should. Um, someone also put in the chat, uh, related to conferences. That's how I got my first uh, check simply from a local conference. An administrator attended and asked if I could speak to his staff. Y'all, I promise you. Uh, so we can we can underestimate a conference because here's the thing. And I really haven't seen this in any other, well, I shouldn't say haven't seen it in another space because it could exist. But my experience in the education space is conferences really aren't for some people, it's about professional learning, but conferences is really scouting season for who I'm going to pay to come to my school or district. So there's such a huge opportunity uh, related to conferences because the moment people go to conference, they have a really powerful transformative experience. They're automatically thinking, how can I bring this back to my school or district? So um, that's that's why I just underscore conferences. So thank you for who shared that in the chat of naming. That's how they got their first check. It's from a conference. All right. And then the last uh, suggestion around how you could acquire leads, uh, build awareness, take up space would be through email reach out. So I'm intentionally not saying cold emailing. I'm intentionally not using that language. Um, oftentimes when people say cold emailing, uh, the, 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 what they mean by that when they use the word cold is that they're reaching out to strangers, people they don't know. Um, and so you absolutely can do that in your business. 
Uh, I often don't um, encourage people to start there in their business as a strategy because of the amount of time it takes to build trust. Um, I know how I was as a principal. If I got an email and I don't know you, delete. Like, because I got other things to do. I literally get hundreds of emails for as a principal that if you email me, I don't know who you are, delete. Um, so when I say email reach out, what I mean is take time and brainstorm. 15 people who are your target client or know your target client. And you can reach out to them via email and tell them about your business. So again, people can't leverage your business if they don't know it exists. If you reach out to someone you already have an established relationship with, you are more likely to get a response because they already know you. They already know your gifts. Their interest is already kind of peaked. So you can reach out to them, tell them around your business, tell them about your business and tell them that you would be interested um, if, if, if they're open to it. Um, to scheduling 30 minutes to learn more about X um, to see how you might be able to support them in the upcoming school year. Um, you could also approach them and ask them to connect you to someone else. Or if they respond and say, actually, I'm good. That's not a priority for me right now. You can ask them, well, can they make a connection to two to three other people um, who might be interested? So using email reach out, particularly for my folks who need to talk themselves into going live. Um, you might decide that you're going to start with email reach out. Great way. Uh, great way that you can you can um, begin to build awareness and create new leads. And so someone just put in the chat, that's how I got my first two contracts. Come on, let's go. Love it, love it, love it. All right, and then we got a question. Erica um, put in the chat, do you have suggestions for how to find conferences far enough in advance to submit the proposal other than Googling it? Um, so great question. So a couple of other strategies. So uh, usually you can find, like if you actually, and I know you're looking for suggestions outside of Google, but I think this is where your search terms matter. Like you, usually there are um, a couple of articles that I found when I'm searching education conferences, that'll be like master lists of conferences. Well, they'll list out like here are all the education, you know, the big education conferences, the top 50, top 100, where you can kind of get a master list. The second thing I would encourage you to do is what if you're clear on your target audience is to search um, uh, professional organizations. So, for example, if your target client is principals, you need to be on the website for the National Association of Secondary Principals and the National Association, excuse me, National Association of Secondary School Principals, so NASSP, and the National Association of Elementary School Principals, so NAESP. So those are two professional organizations for um, school leaders. They have conferences. So that's another way that you can find conferences is by going the uh, professional organizations, membership organizations route for the target client that you serve. All right. Um, okay, and folks are sharing wisdom in the chat. Great, love that, that's great. So if, if there's um, uh, wisdom that you have, please feel free to share it in the chat um, to be able to engage with one another. That's awesome, love it, love it, love it. Okay, um, so 
that's just acquiring new leads. That was our first question. All right. So uh, the second question that we have is how do I justify the price of my services? Love that. First off, y'all, I love talking money. (laughs) So I love this question of how do I justify the price of my services? So I first want to um, hone in on the word justify. Uh, So just so you all know, um, how I get these questions are from folks in my Facebook group. So um, I'm I'm pulling the questions from what folks have submitted. um, And usually I do not edit them at all unless uh, there's like a typo or um, uh, they need to be a little bit clear. Um, So the word justify was in the original person's question. So I want to... I want to pause on the word justify for a moment um, because I think there's a particular meaning and mindset under the word justify. Because my belief is that you should not have, the only person you should have to justify your price to is yourself. So justify, when I think of the word justify, and this might be different for you all, but when I I hear the word justify, I also hear the word prove, right? Right? or convince, or defend. Um, So those are some of the words or synonyms that I think of when I hear the word justify. So I'm just pointing out that I think that's an interesting word of how do I justify my price? Um, When my belief is the only person you need to justify your price to is yourself. If you find yourself having to justify your price to your client, one of two things could be at play. The first thing that could be at play is you're not confident in your pricing, so you believe you have to justify it. So that would actually be a a sign that you have some internal work that you need to do. And y'all, we all have to go through it. We all got money mindsets. So that's the first thing that could be going on, particularly if you haven't even talked to your client yet and you feel like you have to justify and you're anticipating justify. That means that you yourself aren't at the point to where you feel confident in your pricing. So that could be potentially one thing that could be going on. The second thing that could be going on, if you feel confident in your pricing, but you find yourself in situations where you feel like you have to... um, you have to consistently um, prove why your pricing is what it is to your client, then you actually have a messaging issue, meaning um, the messaging that you are, have about your business and your services is your greatest opportunity. Um, because when your messaging focuses on, your messaging should not focus on the price. That's not what you lead with. Your messaging should focus on the value that you will provide to your client and your services. So if if you haven't really mastered your message around value and the value that you'll provide, then you will end up in a place where you have to justify to your client why they need to pay that. Because if they're really clear on the value, if you're tight with your messaging on the value, your ideal client, and it might be that the client's not a fit, like it's like you're actually talking to someone who isn't actually a fit for your services. That could also be another issue. But the other piece could be that um, 
if your messaging is is uh, around your value isn't tight and isn't where it should be and you find yourself justifying then um you need to go back to the to the the whiteboard the drawing table and rethink your messaging because you you ideally your clients should be at a place where they're like oh my goodness this person will be able to alleviate this problem I've been struggling with for X long or these pain points that I'm experiencing, your messaging should be so clear and so tight that they're get to the point they're like, sign me up how much I got to pay. It don't matter how much, like I'm ready to write the check. So I share that as an opportunity or as a new way to think about this is that if you're justifying your price, either you fully aren't confident in your price, so you're already assuming you have to justify, or your messaging isn't tight enough um, written, focused on the value that you would be providing to your clients. So let me just give you a couple of examples. So you could be focusing on, your messaging could focus on the service, meaning if you lead with, I provide PD, I provide coaching, I provide um, you know, one-on-one consultations. That's an example of messaging that leads with the service. Messaging that leads with the value could sound like um, within partnership, you will be able to get back more time to focus on what truly matters and ensuring that every child has access to quality content. So that would be an example of value on messaging. What would be the outcome that folks would would experience through working with you? That's where your message should focus. So if you've been focusing on what services you provide, I'm not saying you don't tell people that, but that's not what you lead with. You lead with what's the value that you are, are offering through your business and what will people get out of it? What's the return on investment? You're leading with ROI. What's the return on investment that folks will get through working for you? Um, and when you make the return on investment really clear, and folks are really clear around that, price tag usually doesn't matter. So for example, I'll give you like a mainstream example. When people talk about Peloton, or even if you look at Peloton's messaging, they don't talk about the fact that it's a $2,000 bike. <laughs> like that's not what they lead with. They lead with community. They lead with the instructors. Hashtag Alex is the best. They lead with the bomb playlists and musics. They lead with how their instructors are so personable, like you feel like you're riding with your best friend. They lead with the ease of being able to access your workouts. You can access this from anywhere, from your home. You don't have to leave and go somewhere else. And so I share that. Um, as an example of because of the value, their messaging, people are paying $2,000 for a bike. Listen, the moment I get a permanent address, I'm going to pay me $2,000 for a bike, okay? <laughs> you know, that's the only reason I ain't got one yet. So that's one example. Another example for you is if you think about it in the corporate world, if someone were to say, um, we'll partner with you to improve your operations and save you $20,000. 
Well, if you're going to save me $20,000, I won't hesitate to pay $10,000, right? Because the return on investment is I'd save $10,000. So I just share that just as some examples, just to kind of help you understand when I'm saying your messaging should be centered around the value and not the service or the offer. What's the value that you would be providing to your, your, your target audience or your clients? And when they're really clear around the value, your target client, people who are truly a fit for your business, they'll be ready to write the check. It doesn't matter how much it costs because you are going to be providing them a service that's truly going to meet their needs, that will be solving a problem that's been such a pain for them, they're ready to pay. So um, <clears throat> so Sierra put, y'all, my throat's getting a little dry, so I'm going to sip some water. Sierra put, I hear all these giant numbers and instantly have a battle with mind trash. So Sierra, that's a win because you recognize the mind trash, right? So once you recognize it, you can manage it. And I encourage you to get into more spaces where you hear people say the numbers that feel scary to you. Because you're going to get to the point, the more often you, you hear them, the less scary they will become. And the more they'll start to become your expectations. Um, exactly, Allison. Folks don't flinch at an invoice when they know the work is quality. Because let me tell you, y'all, I saw this tweet the other day. Someone said, and I want to say it was Pettyway Estates, which is a Black-owned real estate company, but they said every time we went with the cheapest option, we ended up paying twice. Every time we went with the cheapest option, we ended up paying twice because you had to go back and find someone else to fix what the, what the first person broke. So just naming that, that I think uh, some of this that we have to, to battle with when we're, we feel like we have to justify our price, I encourage you to think about what mindsets that you have that are underneath money mindsets that make you nervous to state the price you really want to share. And like sometimes... You just need to have the experience of where you you charge the price and then you mad after you charge that price because you realize how much work it really was. And that's what makes you increase your price. And you're like, I don't have to explain <laughs> why I, I'm charging this price tag. Because when I did it for less, I was mad. So I, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I need to explain this anymore. That's natural. That's natural for us as entrepreneurs to have that experience of where you, you know, trial and error. You learn when you learn, when you know better, you do better. Um, and you use those experiences in your business. All right. That was question number two. Um, so now we're moving into our third question. So if you just joined us, say, hey, let me know you're here. Hey, Michelle. Hey, hey, hey. Um let me know where you're logging in from so we can build community. We've already gone through our first two questions of acquiring new leads and how do I justify the price. Um, so that way, um, uh, so those are the first two questions. And now we're getting re- ready to move into the third question was, how do I get over the fear 
of starting my business. Um, so someone just put in the chat, Allison put one of the one of my rules for the year is don't negotiate with yourself. Just share the price. See what they say. Love it. Love it. And so and you know, another another way is to actually research what other people are charging. Because let me tell you what will also make you raise your price and feel like you not have to explain is when you find out what mediocre people are charging for the same thing. That's when you're like, oh, and so charging what? And I've been to the APD and it was trash. Oh, well, let me go ahead and double, triple my price. Uh-uh. So um, I love that rule. Never negotiate with yourself. Just send it. Okay. So the third question, our third and final question is how do I get over the fear of starting my business? Whew, the fear. So my, my, I have thoughts on this. Um, but I encourage you to ask yourself, what are you afraid of? So what are you fear, right? Um, and I would, I would encourage you to actually think through um, if the thing that you fear, the probability that it will come true, right? So oftentimes, our, our fears are false, right? So like one of the things that I had to go through is like this fear of failure. Um, so for example, like fear of failure um, when it comes to my consulting business, putting myself out there and doing PD. And then I had to ask myself like, Erica, when was the last time you gave bad PD? Right? Like, I'm like, I ain't never get no bad PD. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have things I can't work on, but it's like, I ain't never get no trash PD. It's like, mm, the likelihood of that is pretty slim, right? Because I know my ish, right? Um, so I just encourage you, that's the first starting place. The second thing um, that I offer up to you is a quote that I've been sitting with um, for the past few weeks since I read it. Um, and it, it comes to me as I think about this question. Um, so Gloria Richardson, who uh, was a civil rights activist, she passed away a few weeks ago. She's known for her leadership in uh, the civil rights movement within Maryland. And, um, you know, oftentimes the stories of Black women during the civil rights movement aren't always at the, the, in the headlines or front and center. Um, Gloria Richardson was one of the many Black women um, who, who led fiercely, led fiercely. Um, and so a quote that she said that was prompted when uh, there's a historic image of her, if if her name doesn't ring a bell, the picture, a historic picture of her probably does, um, is when you Google her name, this historic picture will, will pop up of when she was protesting and there was a police officer with a gun and she was walking and there's a picture of her literally just pushing the gun to the side and she just keeps moving, right? So there's this historic snapshot that it it just exemplifies courage and bravery. Um, and when she was interviewed, asking about that moment, someone asked her, like, were you afraid? Like, you pushed 
a gun of a police officer to the side. Were you afraid? And her name's Gloria Richardson. And uh, she, her response was, I was upset. I was so upset that I didn't have time to be afraid. And so I think about that quote when I hear this question of how do I get over the fear? I encourage you to think about what's the thing that makes you so upset that you don't have time to be afraid, right? So taking some wisdom from our elders of the thing that makes you so upset that it will force you to get over the fear because you're more upset than you are afraid. So that thing that you might be upset about might be personal. So it might be, I am so upset by the fact that I work my tail off and I barely have enough to make ends meet. I, that makes me more upset than being afraid to make more money. It could be the problem that you want to solve in your business. It could be that you are so upset around the injustices that our kids are experiencing in their classroom that you don't have time to be afraid of going on IG Live and talking about the problem and how you can help other people. So if, if that question resonates with you of how do I get over the fear, I encourage you to consider what makes you so upset that you don't have time for the fear. And that's what you need to tap into. That's where you need to stay focused because that's what's going to drive you and that's what's going to motivate you. Do like, I'm on IG Live now. The first time I did it, I was a little nervous, but like it got better. But now I don't even think about the fear of like, oh, what are people going to think about me? Or like, what if I say the wrong thing? I don't even think about that because I'm more upset of the fact that there are white men who've never taught in schools getting paid for consulting. I'm more upset at that fact. And the only reason why we're not in the room is because we don't have the knowledge or access to how to start a business. I'm so upset about that, that I will push past the fear of IG Live and go on IG Live and do office hours, right? So I, I offer that up to you um, as something to consider. Of, of what is the thing that makes you so upset, tap into that because that's what's gonna help you move past the fear, not have time for the fear. So those are three questions, y'all. Um, let me do just a quick run through the comments just to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Uh, Shafan said, just fell upon this quote recently, fear has two meetings, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Love it. Yes. Reframing fear. And here's another thing. I'll just name this. The other thing too is, is internalized depression is real. So another way that I have, have reframed the tool of fear is that it is actually a tool of white supremacy. And if, if you are familiar with the characteristics of, characteristics of white supremacy culture, 
by Tema Okun. She has actually updated the characteristics and she has included fear as one of the characteristics of white supremacy culture. So that is another way for you to reframe fear that is actually a tool that maintains the current power structure. So you can continue to be afraid and that will continue to keep the current power structure in place. So that is another way that I I reframe is when I feel afraid, I remind myself that this is actually the cycle of oppression that lives within me that I need to recognize, manage and unpack and exhale because this is what will keep me from, from the reparations that me and my community and family and ancestry deserve. So um, that's another way to just reframe, rethink um, is fear is actually a tool uh, that, that keeps our current power structures in place. All right. And then I wanted to point out one other really beautiful, great comment that was really helpful um, that uh, Poland and Associates um, had just put on IG. They shared that they look at board meeting agendas to see what prices consultants are approved for. Great, great strategy. Great wisdom there. One thing I will name is depending on the district, um, there are, are is typically a threshold in which certain contracts need to be approved for, um, uh, need to be approved by school boards. And so in some districts, it could be 100,000, it might be 150,000, and anything below that does not require board approval. So I just named that as a little asterisk, that there are other contracts that you won't see uh, that wouldn't require board approval that are still happening. So if you get a $15,000 contract in a large urban school district, that typically doesn't require board approval. Um, So just naming that particularly for my entrepreneurs and education consultants that are super super early on in your business, um, that uh, you might be starting with the 10,000, 15,000, 5,000, whatever your starting place is. The first step um, is what all you need is one yes. Um, I just share that, um, that you're not going to be able to see those, but they exist. They exist. Um, and my first contract was $1,600 with a little small, tiny school district. So um, just naming that. All right. That's all I got, folks. Thank you for joining me. If uh, you are on Instagram and you're not in my Facebook group, uh, please join us. So if you click the link on my bio, um, it will give you the option to join the private Facebook group. We would love to have you. That will give you the opportunity to submit questions that I would, that the group would vote on for me to answer during the next upcoming JT office hours. It would also give you the opportunity to vote on the questions and have a, have a voice in what questions you want me to answer live in JT office hours. Thank you for joining me tonight. We'll have a new poll that will release this Thursday, and I'm going to see you back the following Thursday for our next set of JT office hours. Have a good evening, and I'll talk to you all soon.